Give me a few minutes of your attention and time this afternoon to go a little further on the subject of last Sunday's second sermon. Selfish or selfless? You may start by turning to John chapter 13, and this will lead us very well to the Lord's table. John chapter 13. I hope that with another reminder, we might remember the words selfish and selfless and think about every action that we make. Am I doing something selfish or am I doing something selfless? The Lord's called us to be selfless. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you. The Lord Jesus Christ said, that ye love one another. As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. That one another combination that I mentioned last Sunday is obviously in both of those two verses. The standard is in this verse. It's the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and He was a selfless one for the interests of others, and we are to love that same way. I want to remind you, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31, when we're considering all the gifts that are in the church, and the list of gifts that is in verse 28 of 1 Corinthians 12 is apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. And it says to covet earnestly the best gifts, which would be apostle, prophet, teacher. But it said in the last clause of this verse, of, the, of this chapter, 1 Corinthians twelve thirty one. Yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Right. He lists the gifts from apostle to tongues. He says, covet earnestly the best gifts, which would be coveting to be an apostle, a prophet, or a teacher. Yet I show unto you a more excellent way. A little tiny point that loving the brethren by the definition of chapter 13 is better than being an apostle. Amen. Do not... Cut yourself short by thinking, I can't be an apostle, I'm not a prophet, I'm not even a teacher in the generations subsequent to the apostles, but you can love. That is why in the first three verses of chapter 13, the apostle Paul uses extreme illustrations to point out that though he had the tongues of angels and he didn't have charity, it would be tinkling brass or a tinkling cymbal or sounding brass. And though we might have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and had all faith, that's the gift of faith, so that he could remove mountains. In verse 2, if he didn't have charity, he's nothing. And though he might bestow all his goods to feed the poor, which looks outwardly to be quite charitable, if he didn't have charity, it profited him nothing. And then verses 4 through 7 have the 15 phrase, perfect one sentence definition of love. Charity suffereth long and is kind and so forth. If you can learn to treat others with verses 4 through 7, you are greater than an apostle in the opinion of the greatest apostle, Paul himself. Yet show I unto you a more excellent way. And so I want to emphasize the fact that we want to be selfless in loving others. I received feedback from you last Sunday and the days following, and I'm thankful for that, because some of you liked these words. 
O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Do you remember that? Yes. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verses 11 through 13. The apostle Paul had an enlarged heart by choice to love the Corinthians and he did, he had his straight jacket ripped off his affections and he's appealing to the church at Corinth to enlarge their heart back to him to give him a recompense in the same level of affection and to take the straight jacket off their feelings. We put straight jackets on our feelings sometimes to protect our little selves of not wanting to hang out there too far for someone else. But we want to get that off and enlarge our hearts of of affectionately caring for others. I thank you and I thank the Lord for giving precious words that grabbed some of your hearts and minds last Lord's Day. Some of you, like 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 15, where the Apostle Paul said about the same church, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. It does not matter what others do back towards you. You should be loving them. And the Apostle Paul set the standard for that in that text of Scripture. Since fathers are to bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, this is something fathers should teach their children. And that is to be selfless. If you will take your children from an early age and teach them to think about other people, it will keep them from thinking about themselves and being the self-centered, selfish, troubled young people and teenagers that they'll turn out to be if you don't do that. You can save yourself a great deal of grief. It is children and young people that sit around feeling sorry for themselves and that think too much about themselves and their own life and they don't have this and they don't have that and they're deprived in this particular area if they can be thinking about others and serving others, it will save you as a parent, it will save them as a child, and for both of us, it's God's way to be selfless. My mother used to run a little club in the church that my father pastored and that I was a member of, called the Joy Club every Wednesday evening for Wednesday afternoon after school for children of a certain age. And Joy stood for Jesus, Others, and You. And it was just that simple and it was pounded into me and I got to see it my whole life by the two of them. And I want us all as parents to show it to our children and to teach it to them that if you want to be happy, think about other people and be pressing on them duties, ideas, thoughts that where they can go do something for someone else. To be good on a job, you got to think about other people. To be good as a Christian, you got to think about other people. It's the Lord's way. Our two commandments are to love Him and to love others. And a good father and a good mother will teach their children that and it will save you a great deal of trouble with your children if you will focus for them that their lives ought to be centered around the Lord and others. It's when they get self-centered that they start imploding in upon themselves and are open to temptations. If they're busy serving the Lord, busy serving others, thinking about others, writing others, it will save them. It's the love of self that's the cause of all sin, as I'm going to get to when we get to this. Every sin that you have ever committed is a function of selfishness. And every sin that you have committed out of selfishness has been paid for by the selfless one. And that is our Lord's table today. 
What is it to be selfish? Hearing this sermon and thinking about others treating you better is wicked selfishness. This sermon should not raise the slightest thought that you're going to be treated differently. This sermon should raise the thought, what am I going to do differently to serve others better and to be selfless? My dear brethren, if you let unruled emotions, feelings, or moods affect your conduct or speech that discourage or hurt others, you're selfish. Get over your moods. Be selfless. It's all it takes is to get over your moods. It is entirely under your control. Thinking you have the right to clam up and not speak to another person because you are troubled is selfish. Don't be selfish. Communicate with those that are counting on you to communicate with them, that want to know you, that care about you. Communicate. If you don't communicate, you're selfish. If you expect others to treat you a certain way and spend most of your time thinking about that rather than on serving others, you're selfish. If you think about others aren't giving you a sufficient attention, you're selfish. Expecting others to inquire about you and your things, but you do precious little in sincerely pursuing other people. Talking to other people about you is not pursuing them. Talking to other people about you is selfishness. Don't expect others to inquire about you. Go inquire about others. We don't come into this church to be loved and to be served. We come into this church to love and to serve. Church is not where you go to be loved and served. Church is where you go to love and serve. I'm repeating it. When you join this church, you're going to have to agree to that. We've all agreed to that. And that is being selfless when we love and serve others. When you want prayer for your little troubles, but you pray little for the troubles of others, you're being selfish. Watch for prayer requests. If you raise your hand and you have prayer requests for someone else in this assembly, that's being selfless. If you raise your hand, you always have prayer requests for little old you. You're the least important person in the church. Why did you raise your hand and waste our time? Is it true that every one of us is the least important person in this church? Yes, right. Because we're supposed to be thinking more highly of everyone else. Right. In honor, preferring one another. That means each of us, from our own viewpoint, is the least important person in the church. Therefore, we want to be talking about other people. We want to be raising our hands and having prayer requests for other people. I want us to be thinking about selfish versus selfless. Children, I want you to be thinking about being selfless and hating selfishness. You know, there are some that will stand and talk forever if they're talking or they're the center of attention, but they'll walk away as soon as someone else starts talking or the conversation leaves them. Watch for it. You've just identified yourself a selfish person. It's a horrible, horrible habit. And it's so easy to spot. We don't want to be that way. We want to be selfless. That means we never stand and talk about ourselves. We always want to talk about everyone else, and we do it by questions. A good man is always asking questions in conversation to get other people talking about themselves rather than him talking about himself. As soon as you get asked a question, redirect it after you give them a brief answer by asking a question yourself to get it back on them. That's being selfless. That's the way we want to be. Taking your friends out to eat and fellowshipping with them over and over while seldom entertaining the uglies is being selfish. When I say the word uglies, I'm talking about the uncomely members as 1 Corinthians 12 describes them. If you say to me, I can't help it. It's the way God made me. I'm just not a social person that empathizes about others. Then you're a sinner and you better confess it before you meet the Lord. It is a choice to get concerned about others. It's a choice to go after them. It's a choice to forget yourself. This is, this is God's religion for us. Love of God, love of neighbor. 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We already love ourselves enough. We need to learn to love others as we love ourselves. What is it to be selfless? To do something for someone else that cannot be repaid in any way or by praise by others. Just to go and serve someone that you're never going to get anything back for it. That's being selfless. To subordinate all your ambitions as mere means to serving Christ's kingdom and using them so. That means the diligence that I taught this morning about going to work tomorrow, it's because you want to have money to give away. You do not want to have money for an oversized house. You don't want to have money for an overtly, overly luxurious vehicle. You want to make money to give it away for Christ's kingdom. It's channeling everything I've got for others, not for self. That's being selfless. To consider others and to think of their needs and desires rather than wait for them to tell you or for the pastor to tell you in a church update. The Bible says to consider one another. And we can consider one another and know when they have many of their needs. It means that you will apologize without being asked and you will not ask or expect others to apologize to you. If you're selfless, you don't care if others apologize to you or not because it doesn't matter. You've already forgiven them. And you will quickly say that you're sorry. Even if there's quite a bit of a doubt who's really at fault, you'll just go ahead and say, I'm sorry, and get it over with. That's what a selfless person does. A selfish person needs to hear, I'm sorry. Isn't that something? Boy, when they get to heaven, what if the Lord says, you know what, all during your life you had to have people say that you're sorry? Well, I want to hear a few from you because I don't think you're sorry. That's not how I want to meet the Lord. I want to have the Lord already having forgiven me because I'm I'm quick to forgive others. By God's grace. It's only by God's grace. Listen, the the Bible wants to make a comparison. Oh, I forgot that number. I forgot the number. I did some I did some financial calculations of the ten thousand talents of gold versus a hundred pence. Oh, it's some big number, like thirty million times between what other people can do to us and what we do to the Lord. And the Lord says He's forgiven us ten thousand talents. Why can't we forgive somebody a hundred pence? I don't need you to say you're sorry to me. I've already forgiven you. If if I'm glorious at all, I've already done it. Proverbs 19.11. One of you said that you love Proverbs 19.11 last Lord's Day. Proverbs 19.11 says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. He does not get upset. It is his glory to pass over a transgression. Somebody irritates us or offends us, it is our glory just to pass right on over it. You're selfless when you love to commend other people. When you love to exalt other people and praise them and get excited about their things and about them other than yourself. You should never want to talk about yourself. You should want to talk about other people and get excited about the things that they're doing. Caleb's job is exciting. Why do, Does that light you up? I'm lit up. I'll ride. That's a long day. Uh, I'm very excited about your job. You come by, I'll go, I'll go, I'll ride with you. Sometime if you're down there near Tanner Road, I'll ride with you. For, for one of your trips and see what you have to do. It's exciting. He needed that job. I'm trusting that job to help him. Amen. I'm trusting his thankfulness to the Lord for that job to help him. I can say that about every single one of you. 
Chris is going to pharmacy school soon. Right now he's sitting in no man's land. He's got to wait six more weeks before he gets to put his hands on something and tear it to shreds. He wants to tear it to shreds right now, but he's got to wait six weeks. He's got to keep going to work at his little job, waiting to go for his big schooling. Are you thinking about that? Does that get you excited to think about that? He's going to be down there mixing all kinds of potions together and getting a pharmaceutical degree, and it's exciting. Are you... Everyone in here has exciting things in your lives. We want to talk about all those exciting things that other people have. Being selfless is loving the concept and actually doing back kissing while hating the wickedness of backbiting. To be able to tell things. See, I, get, I just got to use my pulpit for two more things. I've already mentioned that one. I got to bring up that one. There's a whole lot more. But, you know, back kissing is when we do it in private about each other and saying good things about each other. That, did you know that so-and-so did this? Isn't that great? Did you know this happened to so-and-so? This is great. Nothing fake about it. You say, I'm just calm. I don't get as excited as you do. Let me help you then. If you need extra caffeine when it comes time for church, then get extra caffeine. I don't have any caffeine in me. It's just the Word of God and wanting to put this into practice. And I can do it much better. And I want to do it much better. And I'm preaching to all of us right now. I'm very excited about Joshua's job tomorrow. He has a great job. The change in his professional life in the last five years oh, is wonderful. We should all be excited with him. Who, why, what, there's nothing in my life exciting as that. I want to talk about that excitement. Joel telling me a few minutes ago that the Lord spoke to him during the night. He went to bed with a problem. He woke up in the morning with a solution. I've had that happen to me, but I wasn't going to tell him about mine. I want to tell him. That's in Job 33, Joel. That's great. Amen. You mean like Psalm 127? You just went to bed and trusting the Lord He's going to take care of you? Is that what you did? And I'm blessed. Amen. We want to be back kissing and talking to each other and excited about them. To put the golden rule in second place. This is interesting. The golden rule is something that Jesus stated. He stated it this way. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's my version of it. It's basically the scriptures. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That is just a restatement of thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That is all it is. It is not the highest level of a Christian's love. The highest level of Christian love for another is higher than that. It's in honor preferring one another. It is do unto others as they would have done unto themselves. Because each of us are different, which takes a little bit of effort to think through what would that person like themselves. That's what I want to give them. Because if you just give somebody else what you want back, that's just too easy for you. You haven't thought through that they're different from you. Some people like lots of visitors when they're sick or when they're in their hospital or whatever. They like lots of visitors. Other people don't want any at all. And we've got to go through that little bit of a thought process to realize what does that person really want? What would please that person the most? That's what I want to give them. Not what I would like. That's just a start. That just gets us up to, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There's a higher level. But it takes a little bit of thought, and it's being selfless, because you're no longer thinking about what you would like. You're thinking entirely about what they would like. Agree cheerfully, fervently, and quickly when a group decides to do anything. And you young people, you heard about that last Lord's Day. In conversation, always talk about others. I've mentioned this a couple of times already. Do it by questions rather than talking about yourself and your things. Selfish or selfless? We had 11 chapters of God's glorious mercies 
to us. He had us dead to rights. And in great mercy, He saved us. And now the Apostle is beseeching us by the mercies of God that we'll present ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, in honor, preferring one another. Let's not be selfish. You heard it last Sunday. You just heard it again. And you're going to hear it again in just a moment after Eric comes and leads us in a song that's going to point out what I've already said once about this table that's before us. Every time that you sinned, you sinned out of selfishness. Your sins by selfishness have been paid for by the selfless love of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll have more to say in a moment. Eric, would you please come and lead us in a song fit for the Lord's Supper? <laughs> 